today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Open our hearts, change us from within by the open word. Give us ears to hear your truth, and eyes to see the needs around us as we draw. Okay, the sin is there. I'm not lessening the sin. I'm not lessening the importance of sin. The sin is a dividing wall of fellowship between you and the Lord. And if that sin is still there and if you haven't dealt with it yet, you need to deal with it and you need to deal honestly with it. Recognize it for what it is. But don't listen to the words of the enemy that continually pulls you down. Listen to the words of the Redeemer that desires to lift you up and continue using you and working in and through you. We need to acknowledge our sin. We need to call it what it is and turn from it. But in today's message, Pastor David encourages us to not let the enemy gain an upper hand in our life by listening to his condemnation of us. God convicts, but Satan condemns. There's a big difference. God will tell us the truth. What we did was sin. But he will also tell us he loves us and can still use us. Satan will condemn us and tell us that we are worthless and cannot be used by God because of our past sin. Who will you listen to? Now, here's Pastor David with part one of today's message entitled, A Defeated Foe. Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities. Who heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from destruction. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies your mouth with good things. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord is merciful and gracious He is slow to anger, and He abounds in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will He keep His anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is His mercy toward those who fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has He removed our transgressions from us, As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him, for he knows our frame, he remembers that we are dust. I think probably every one of us could look at Psalm 103 uh, this evening and we could probably say, Amen, and Amen, and Amen, because I see it going on in my life. And I thank you, Lord, that, again, you are slow to anger, that you are gracious, and that you, again, don't hold all of my iniquities against me. Our God is a God of second chances, and third chances, and fourth chances. 
The fact that we always have this other chance as we come before him because of the greatness of who he is. We see it from the Garden of Eden. We see it with, again, he didn't just wipe out Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden and say, well, you guys blew it. We're going to form a few more and start all over again. No, he, again, worked with Adam and Eve in the midst of it. We see it in the time of Noah. Again, he could have wiped out Noah's family and everyone, but he didn't. He took Noah, and he began again. He began again in the midst of it. We see it in the very nation of Israel. How many times would you or I, if we were God, have just said enough is enough and wipe out Israel and start with somebody else? But God is a God of another chance. We see it in Simon Peter. Or remember, Peter, all the mistakes that he made, and then particularly that one where he denied the Lord right on the eve of uh, Christ, uh, again, his trial and everything. He denied the Lord, and the Lord gave him more chances, more opportunities. John Mark, you remember, he went out on missionary journey with the Apostle Paul. He got tired. He wanted to go home. I, you know, I jokingly say sometimes he, he got tired. He wanted to go back home to Mama. He was a young guy at that point in time. I don't know what the situation was. But when it came time to go out on another missionary journey and Barnabas says, hey, let's get John Mark to go with this, Paul says, no. He's a quitter. He left us. I don't want him. But yet God gave John Mark another chance and used him in a mighty way. And then you just think about, what about you? What about me? Is our God a God of another chance or what? For every one of us. Throughout the word of God, we see the story of redemption. And isn't that really the story of another chance? Another chance that God works. And isn't that really, truly, the message and the hope that we find in the gospel itself? And through Christ, through the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ, we're all offered another chance. The old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. We looked at the nation of Israel, and we spoke about the sin of Achan. And through the sin of Achan... All of Israel was punished for that. And yet God, after that punishment was done, after the the completion of all that was done, again, God is going to use them. The unfortunate thing is the defeat that Israel encountered. It was foolish for them to go against the city of Ai when and where they did. And But I say foolish for a few reasons. Number one, they went into that fight without being directed by God for it. And we don't see anywhere where they sought God's direction in going up to Ai. They just sent a couple of spies, eh, small town, we ought to be able to take them. They did not seek God. They went into the fight while sin was still hiding in the camp. That covering protection of God wasn't with them, and it's the same way with you and I. If we have abiding sin within our life, we anticipate, we expect God's covering and God's provision. And God says, no, not as long as you're carrying that around. Not as long as you continue to allow that. Again, God will bring discipline. They went into that fight, I believe, filled with arrogance. Wow, we really uh, tore up Jericho. This little AI, this will be a really easy one. They went in in their own strength, not figuring the skill and the power of the enemy. The mighty men of Israel, they went in there and 36 of their warriors lost their lives. To their credit, though, after the Lord revealed to Joshua and to the people of Israel that sin was in the camp, and that was the reason for the defeat that they had at Ai, they dealt with that sin. They dealt with it fully. They dealt with it completely. And that then allowed them to be in a new position, not only to hear from God again, 
but also to be used by God again. And beloved, that's, that's the same truth for you and I. When we're willing to listen to God, we're willing to deal with the sin in our life, the sin that we are made aware of, we're willing to honestly uh, and sincerely deal with those things, then we become, we get in that position again of being able to hear God and, yes, being able to be used by God again. Now, that's what brings us to chapter 8 of Joshua. Here in Joshua chapter 8, it begins really with, with a very encouraging word from God to Joshua. In chapter 8 of Joshua, beginning in verse 1, Now the Lord said to Joshua, Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. Take all the people of war with you, and arise and go up to Ai. See, I have given into your hand the king of Ai, his people, his city, and his land. And you shall do to Ai and its king as you did to Jericho and its king. Only its spoil and its cattle you shall take as booty for yourselves. Lay an ambush for the city behind it. Do not be afraid. Don't be dismayed. We've heard those words before. We heard those words as Moses was speaking to Joshua that, hey, you're going to be the new leader. Only be strong. Be of good courage. Be strong. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. That same kind of an idea. We heard it from the Lord himself as he brought Joshua into that leadership position. Be strong. Be of good courage. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. That encouraging word. And then we even heard it from the people of Israel to Joshua to, again, uh, solidify or declare his leadership for the people. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. Be strong. Be of good courage. This understanding that, man, here's this encouraging word to come. You're the leader that God has placed in this situation to lead these people into this land. I want you to know that the enemy of our souls, he is so good at luring us into sin. He is so good into beating us up then once we do fall. That once we sin, then it's the enemy, the enemy has drawn us in, and then once we go in, he's the one that's beaten us up in the midst of it. And he continually reminds us about our weaknesses and, and about our failings. He will continually do that. And he will give you the beat down every chance that he gets because of the weaknesses that he himself has capitalized upon to be able to pull you into that situation. God can never use you now. You've blown it. God's finished with you. You're useless. You're worthless. You're of no value in God's eyes. These are the words of the enemy. These are the words of Satan himself to pull down and to beat down God's kids. And the problem is, is when we know that we're in sin, we listen to that voice. And a lot of times we listen to that voice more than the, we listen to the voice of the one who is our Redeemer. You and I need to remember that those are the words of the enemy, not the words of the Redeemer. Listen to the words of the Redeemer. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are as scarlet, they'll be white as snow. Though they're red like crimson, they'll be like wool. That's the words of the Redeemer. Not a convicting word. Not a condemning word. But a word that says, yeah, it's true, you've sinned, you've failed, you've, you've blown it. But come on, let's get it back together again. Let's pull it back together again. I bring forgiveness for your sin, past, present, future. And through his power, through the blood of Christ, forgiveness is given. Through the work of the Holy Spirit within our lives, we are empowered then to be able to continue to move forward. Listen to the words of the Redeemer. He says, come unto me, all you that are weary and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 
Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me, for I am gentle. I'm lowly of heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. See, the enemy says you're useless. The Redeemer comes and says, no, you're still usable. You're still redeemable because I redeemed you. I've loved you with what? An everlasting love. And that's the promise, that's the word that we have from Christ. Yeah, God had to deal with the sin of Israel. There's no doubt about it. But just as importantly, Joshua and all of Israel had to deal with that sin themselves. God dealt with it, but then they had to deal with it too. It was a time now for them to move forward into all that God desired for them. They dealt with the sin. Now let's move forward. Let's not let the enemy continue to drag you down, continue to nail your feet to the floor, continue to make you without any power, without any strength, to do all that God has promised that he could and would do in your life. Have you blown it in this last week? Have you have you failed the Savior in a situation in your life? Have you said something, done something, thought something, acted away? Okay, the sin is there. I'm not lessening the sin. I'm not lessening the importance of sin. The sin is a dividing wall of fellowship between you and the Lord. And if that sin is still there and if you haven't dealt with it yet, you need to deal with it and you need to deal honestly with it. Recognize it for what it is. But don't listen to the words of the enemy that continually pulls you down. Listen to the words of the Redeemer that desires to lift you up and continue using you and working in and through you. The difference now for Israel is that they're going to go forward at God's command and with God's plan. And beloved, that's the only way to fly. The only way that you and I should move is when the Lord leads and the Lord directs. Not in our own wisdom, not in our own logic. Listen to what it says in verse 3. Verse 3, Joshua arose and all the people of war to go up against Ai. And Joshua chose a couple of men. No, what does it say? 30,000 men, men of valor, sent them away by night, and he commanded them, saying, Behold, you shall lie in ambush against the city, behind the city. Do not go very far from the city, but all of you be ready. So Joshua was doing just what the Lord had told him to do. The Lord told him, lay in ambush for the city behind it. This is different than Jericho. The city is different. The strategy is different. The battle is different. And you know what? Even the rewards are going to be different. This time, they're going to be able to reap the benefits of the battle. It's spoil, the cattle, all of that's going to be for them, for their own benefit. And if only Achan could have waited a day or two longer. Do you realize that? we're We're not talking years down the road. We're only talking a couple of days. In a couple of days, Achan... Everything that's in AI, man, we're going to be able to split that up. We're going to get the spoils of that city. But don't touch anything here. But Achan was in too big of a hurry to get what he wanted for his own desires. And because of that, not only did 36 other warriors die, but then also he and his household were put to death too. The impatience of mankind to have the reward now is so evident in everything that we see, particularly in our culture today. So evident. And I believe it's evident, too, in the Christian church for believers that, again, rather than waiting on the Lord, trusting in the Lord, just, again, waiting to see what he wants to do in our lives. Same time, in the defeat of the people of Israel, in that first outgoing there in the city of Ai, we see another spiritual truth. 
how easy it is for us to be able to see and experience how and what the Lord has done in our past. And then in our desire to experience that very same thing again, we try to manufacture the work of God on our own. Has God done something mighty and powerful in your past sometime? And man, you you want that same thing to happen in your life now. But do you manufacture that? Can you manufacture that? No. Not if it was the work of God then. It is the work of God. Well, God moved in this way last time, so if I can just simply replicate that situation, then he'll move that way again. Doesn't happen that way, does it? No, it doesn't. There was a time in my past where I was going through a certain trial and God responded in a particular way. This is a similar trial and so that I'm going through right now, so I'm sure God's going to respond in the same way. That doesn't work that way, does it? God works in different ways at different times. When we think about it, we find out really quickly that God will not allow us to put him in a box. That God works this way, and every time this and this and this happen, then God will do that. That's just not the reality and the truth. It's not the reality for Israel. It's not the reality for the disciples. It's not the reality for you and I either. Why? Because God refuses to allow us to put him in a box that he has to move and work according to our demand and according to our will. God never changes, beloved, but his ways are past finding out. Romans 11 tells us, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments, and his ways are past finding out. For who has known the mind of the Lord, and who has become his counselor? His ways are past finding out, so far beyond what you and I believe and can figure out. That's why we have to walk in absolute, total dependence upon him. That, okay, if I'm, take for instance, say, in your life, something happens, something traumatic happens. What do you do? Has God failed? Whoa, did God leave the county and and I'm stuck out here all on my own? No. God is still God. God is still in control of the situation, of your situation, of our situation. And so I have to trust him in the midst of that situation. And yeah, there's going to be situations in our life that we're not going to be able to figure out this side of heaven. We're not going to have the answers for this side of heaven. That's what's called faith. Faith in believing and in trusting even those things that we can't see, that we can't grab hold of. And you know, we even run into that same danger as a church. If we can only do this program, if we can only have this kind of event, then everything will change. So there'll be great spiritual renewal. Really? Is it a program? Is it an event that's going to bring spiritual renewal? Not in the experience that I've seen. And I've been in churches that, man, we planned and we programmed to do this and this, and at the end of that time, uh, did the Spirit of God fall out? No. We just had a whole lot of extra meetings for everybody, and everybody's worn out at the end of the time. It's the Spirit of God that works and moves when our hearts are ready for it. If we could just do things this way again, or the way this group does it, or the way that other church does it, then we'd see the same results. No, you won't. And the unfortunate thing is, In Christianity today, particularly in our culture, they're trying to box up, package up, and market the move of God and how God can and move and work within your church. 
And trust me, I get, I get emails, I get flyers, I get letters, I get all kinds of stuff through the mail of, hey, hey, here's the latest, greatest thing to, uh, you know, double your size or increase your giving or, you know, make everything wonderful, increase your volunteers or whatever. It's not a plan. It's not a program. I hate plans and programs. I don't know if you've guessed that or not. I hate plans and programs. I think, I believe, I've seen in the Word of God that it's the Spirit of God working in the people of God to do the work of God. That's what changes individuals. The Spirit of God. That's why it's so important to seek out the way and the mind of God, both as individuals and families, as well as as a church body. There may be something He desires to change in your life totally. Maybe the direction He's led you as a family in the past is about to change dramatically. Are, are, are you ready for that? Are you as an individual, are you as a family, ready and willing to see God change your life and your direction so dramatically that a year from now you won't even recognize where things are right now? Our God does that, you know, and he will do that. And he's not limited by age or talent or finances. All he's limited, you know, all God is limited by. And I hate even saying God is limited by it. But the only thing that hinders his work is our willingness to be available. Our willingness to say, Lord, whatever you want, whatever direction, whatever way. Not just a method, but maybe God is going to call us to something different. Not change for change's sake, because again, only because the Lord would be leading in a change. Now, don't be confused. Change happens. The gospel doesn't change. The message of Christ, the message of redemption, never changes. However, sometimes the way that we make the word known to a lost and dying generation may change. The way or the style that his word is used to equip or to edify the body could change. But the message remains the same. It's the gospel of Christ that's the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. And it can be delivered in a multitude of ways, a multitude of venues, but it needs to continue to be the gospel. Now here God is giving Joshua and the people of Israel, he's going to give them a great victory, but he's going to do it totally different than what he's done before. Joshua continues to give the direction to his troops from as the Lord is leading him. Look at verse 5 as Joshua continues. Verse 5, Then I, Joshua, and all the people who are with me, will approach the city. So he's already sent some guys. He says, you go hide behind Ai. Now he said, now then the rest of us, we're going to come, we're going to approach the city, and it will come about when they come out against us at the first that we will flee before them. For they will come out after us till we have drawn them from the city. For they will say, they are fleeing before us as at the first. Therefore, we'll flee before them, just like it happened the first time. Remember, the soldiers went after Ai. Ai came and kicked their tail, and Israel ran. So he said, let's set this thing up. They're going to think the exact same thing's happening again, and we'll start running. They'll think that they're uh, chasing us down. But then, verse 7, But then you arise from the ambush and seize the city, for the Lord your God has delivered it into your hand. And it will be when you have taken the city that you shall set the city on fire. According to the command of the Lord you shall do. See, I have commanded you. Joshua therefore sent them out, and they went to lie in ambush, and they stayed between Bethel and Ai on the west side of Ai, but Joshua lodged that night among the people. 
Again, Joshua rose early in the morning, mustered the people, went up, he and the elders of Israel, before the people of Ai, and all the people of war were with him, went up and drew near, and they came before the city and camped on the north side of Ai. One of the mightiest warriors in the entire Bible was Joshua. God used Joshua to conquer many of the pagan nations surrounding God's people. From spying out the land God had promised his people, to Joshua's encounter with the angel of the Lord, this book will surely be an encouragement. Join us as David teaches through Joshua verse by verse. You can get a free copy of today's teaching at our website. Simply log on to theopenword.com. That's theopenword.com. Although the open word is a huge blessing, We pray that it's not your only source for the teaching of the Word of God. It's our hope that you're attending a church that teaches God's Word from beginning to end. Here's Tracy with more information about our service times here at Calvary Chapel, Casa Grande. Maybe you're listening right now in Casa Grande and you don't have a home church. We want to take this time to invite you to join us for worship. We meet Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. at 6.30 p.m. every Wednesday and Saturday. For more information, call us at 520-836-9676. That's 520-836-9676. Or log on to theopenword.com and follow the link to the church website. Thanks, Tracy. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Please join us next time for the next edition of The Open Word.